Welcome to Inspired After Hours, your unique peek into the untold narratives of business leaders. We don't just talk business, we journey through their world, personal stories, and unique perspectives. Here we delve beyond corporate facades for intimate conversations that reveal the real life experiences of those who inspire us. Get ready to discover wisdom, extract life lessons, and fuel your own journey. Welcome to Inspired After Hours. So Tish, welcome. Thank you for joining us. You're a remarkable entrepreneur whose journey from the staffing world led you to eventually founding Tish Time Sales Agency. Your story is a testament to embracing change and recognizing one's true calling. And you not only measure success by your achievements, but also by your clients' accomplishments. But let's go beyond business. You're also an ordained minister and have a love for the great outdoors. But but we're here. It's inspired after hours. So mm-hmm. we're going to go deeper. We're <laughs> going to talk just like we're meeting for a glass of wine, which we've been wanting to do for a while, right? Yeah, since we met you. <laughs> so we just finally had to do it via the podcast. I love it. I, I, I'm like, I have my Topo Chico. Unfortunately, I don't drink wine, but I'm loving just being with you guys. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. So your journey into entrepreneurship wasn't a straightforward one. No. So can you share a little bit about that? Yeah. So I literally, I was working for another staffing company. That's where I got my professional start and um, doing a great job. I didn't intend to go into sales. I was super happy being in my little cubicle, helping people find work. That was my thing. And I was really happy with it. But I had a manager who like saw something in me and she was always on me about joining the sales team. And I was like, nope, that's not my jam. That's not what I want to do. I was like most people's like, oh, sales, right? And um, she tricked me. She literally tricked me. No joke. She created this position for me called a performance manager, which was supposed to be a liaison between the sales team and the operations team. And what ended up happening is I kept going out on sales calls so I can learn what they do, right? (laughs) And before you know it, I remember specifically one one of the sales um, professionals was like, hey, since you are already know them. You've already met them. I'm really busy. Can you just go and talk to them? And I was like, sure. And of course, the sale closed and, you know, it kind of started that way. But I just loved building relationships. And um, it kind of morphed into me starting a company again over time. And before you know it, it was was like, okay, I I can actually do this. And I started my first company was a staffing agency, actually, Um, leaving that staffing company I was talking about right now moving into owning my own staffing company. And then in 2008, when the bubble burst and everything went crazy, I actually started this organization, um, a different version of it. But overall, this is how I kind of got into entrepreneurship. Okay, but seriously, you this is not happen for everybody. You said you enjoyed kind of being in your cubicle oh, for sure. yeah. and just helping <laughs> others find jobs or, or filling jobs all the way to starting your own company. So yeah. what what gave you the confidence? <sighs> to do that? Or was it kind of an accidental? Yeah. And so the funny thing is, I have a mentor to this day. I mean, for all of the last 30 plus years has been my mentor. Amazing. And I'll never forget him stopping me in the parking lot one day, just like one of those kind of casual conversations and goes, you have made them millions of dollars. Why don't you do that for yourself? And it was like a light bulb moment moment for me. So I don't ever, I don't think I like found this confidence or I was like, I can do this. It was literally like, yeah. Yeah. And that was, I think it was in, no, not 2019. It was like 1999. It was a long time <laughs> ago. Um, that was in like November of that year. And by January, I had started to kind of put plans on paper. I had a, a business partner at the time. We had started having these tele, these phone calls and these conversations about, we can do this because he worked for a staffing company as well. Mm-hmm. And um, 
it was just like, let's just do it. And I literally started that company, no joke, $75 and a cell phone and a list of names. That's how we started that company. And yeah, it was just what we needed to do at the time. And we did it. So, wow. Yeah. Can it takes we... a lot of guts. It does. <laughs> yeah. I just want to make sure I heard right. You've had a mentor for 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. How? Wow. Yeah. I mean, I we talk extensively about these pivotal moments personally, professionally, physically with our health or wellness. Right. Finding that person to take us to the next level. Mm-hmm. Okay, you obviously found somebody yeah. who, because a lot of times I feel like we we come in and we we get mentored, mm-hmm. right? We we get to that next point and we go, okay, I, I've got it now. Yeah. But you have this relationship with this mentor yeah. where you have been always in this mindset of, right. I can always continue, he, he or she can always take me to the next level. So we got to dig into that. Yeah. I was 22 years old. And, and I'll be honest with you, this, my mentor is also our pastor. You know, my husband and I pastor a local church, but we came, we were sent down from El Paso, Texas. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Brown has been my mentor since I was 22 years old. And, um, has been, I mean, when I say pivotal moments in my life, big decisions, he helped me negotiate my very first career move when I was at that first staffing company. Um, And I think the important thing for me over the years, because there's a lot of people who, like you said, they find a mentor and then they're like, I got it. I'm Mm -hmm. good now. Right. And sometimes that's true. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I've just learned the power of realizing that someone else who's doing it now mind you he's in ministry but when i say he's in business he's written i don't know maybe like 20 something books wow. he is coached nba players i mean he i mean i don't mean coached on the field i mean i mean on the court i mean like has been their mentor has been their um consultant or coach if you will as well mm-hmm. and so i've watched him over the course of my life and there comes a time when you have to be able to say okay, watch them. They're doing it. They know what they're doing and they can probably lend some wisdom to me. And I've just done that. My my husband as well, we've really just said, okay, we're going to pay attention to what you're saying and implement the things that are being said. And it's really served us well over the years. Oh, I love that. That's yeah. that's a great um, model for you, for younger people mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. You know, and um, I think that a lot of people, they don't want to learn things the hard way. For sure. So having a mentor, not everybody is blessed to have a mentor, but I think if you just open your eyes, they're there. Yeah. And you just have to ask. Yeah. I think that the cool thing, and I guess that's not even the right word, the the most amazing thing about this mentor is he steps in when he needs to. But I remember a time my husband and I were going through. I mean, we were in, I mean, struggle, if you will. Um, I hadn't started the business yet. We were still, matter of fact, I was pregnant with my youngest son, who's now 25. And my husband, he was not working at the time. It was a really difficult time. I was on, um, you know, leave for my for my pregnancy. So it was just a tough time. And I remember him coming over and saying, I, he told us later, he goes, I wanted to help so much. And I knew that if I did, I would probably inhibit your growth, stop you from being able to learn the lessons you needed to learn through this. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really valuable for a mentor, not only to know how to help and when to help and when to step in and when direct, but also when to take your hands off and let the person learn what they need to learn so that they can be able to help someone else in the future. That's probably one of the most valuable things that we've gained from him over the years, the times when he had to kind of step back. And That's just, interesting. Yeah. So you're saying learning things the hard way sometimes is necessary, Absolutely. whether you have a mentor or not. Absolutely. Yeah. I think some of the most valuable lessons in, in my life and in our business journey have been 
extremely hard lessons yeah. that, that we had to learn. We, I call mistakes them, we made. Yeah. yeah, I call them long hot walks through the desert without water. <laughs> and and in those moments, yeah, they are oh, insufferable. And then on the backside, you go. Oh Thank yeah. You, God. Oh for sure. Thank for you, sure. God, for that long Girl, hot walk look. through the desert without water. <laughs> I will not yes, forget the yes. lessons that I felt to my bones look, during those times. There's literally a scripture where David says in the Psalms, he said, It was good that I was afflicted because I learned to trust in you. Mm. And it was like, you know, that's a hard thing to be able to say, but when you're on the other side of it and you're like, I wouldn't have learned that. If I would have got rescued too early, <laughs> I would have never gotten that. And I probably would have gone through it again. And I think the lessons that I didn't learn that way were the ones that I've had to repeat. And it's like, oh, okay, I keep here doing the same again. thing again. <laughs> yeah, a pattern here. there is a pattern. Yeah, exactly. I've had a few patterns in my life. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about the ministry piece of yeah. it then. So where did that come about? Another long, hot you walk. Met, met, really? <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is, people think. I think people Im imagine that when someone starts a church, that someone just wakes up one day and goes, I want to pastor a church. It's going to be great. That's not the case. I mean, in all honesty, there's so much responsibility. We're responsible for lives, right? And I, they're, they're God's lives, don't get me wrong, but there's people who look to us for leadership all the time. So when we knew we were supposed to start a ministry, to be honest with you, I've been, we just celebrated, my husband and I celebrated our 28th wedding anniversary mm. about two weeks ago. Congratulations. When I met him... We, were, we, we we dated for two weeks. We got engaged. We were married four months later. Was the mentor involved at this time? He actually was. He actually was. So when, take a quick brief yeah, detour yeah, yeah. here. So we had this um, singles ministry, of course, back then I was single. So we had the singles ministry, very active singles ministry. They still have it there in, in El Paso. And um, they were having a barbecue. And our Dr. Brown comes up to me and he goes, Hey, Tish, why don't you invite Roy to the barbecue? Tell him all about it. And I'm like, mm. <laughs> I was like, okay. He goes, give him, you know, give him a call and, and tell him all about it. I, at the point, I was, by the way, at the point in my life where another detour, I had left an abusive relationship. My first marriage was abusive. I got married right out of high school, 18 years old, um, spent four years in a very abusive relationship. So I'm I'm just at the point where I'm like feeling some healing. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't need no man right now. I'm not interested. I'm relate. not calling. I'm not doing Back it. Then, yeah. And so that was probably the one time that I disobeyed the mentor. And I was like, <laughs> mm, I'm not calling him. And I didn't. And he called me. And we started talking. We did go to that barbecue. We talked for literally like eight hours that day. By the end of that day, I knew he was called a pastor because we talked about everything. And I knew he was going to be my husband. I didn't tell him, but I knew he was going to be my husband. So we've known since the very beginning we were going to do ministry together. We didn't know what that looked like. About 10 years before we actually said yes, Dr. Brown says, he just walks by. He goes, you guys should probably start praying about Phoenix and just walks off. And we're just like. What is that supposed to mean? And we did. We started praying about it. We came down here and started doing just kind of flyby vacations where we'd come and we'd literally pray over the city. It's like, God, show us if we're supposed to be here or how we're supposed to impact the city. And um, but we were also in that place of, well, when you're ready, God, I know you're going to open the door and show us how to do there. And he's I know God was probably like, no, I'm waiting on you just to go. Mm -hmm. And so we sat for 10 years waiting, you know, quote unquote, on God. And um 
God showed you the place and you didn't go. And we didn't go. (laughs) Literally, we were just like waiting for some divine thing to come out of the sky or whatever. But in 2014, we finally said yes. There's a story behind that too, but it'll take all day. But we finally said yes and came down here and started the ministry. But it wasn't one of those things like you, you know, with business, I hold these events sometime and it's like they get sold out or, you know, you put all the marketing out and people respond. And we were expecting that. I was accustomed to putting out a few emails or going on social and boom, here we go. And we were like, for the first couple of years, it was like me, my husband and my son in our living room having church Mm -hmm. for no joke. It was literally like, what's going on? You sent us here Mm -hmm. and the people aren't coming or people would come, but they wouldn't come back or they wouldn't stay for very long. And we were just baffled, baffled and disappointed. I felt so abandoned. It was at the point, like I said, long, hot walk in the desert. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, maybe we missed this whole thing. Um, And over time, God began to send people and we began to see growth. And now we're in a building um, off 75th Avenue in Thomas. But it's it was a it was a long time before we started to see like the momentum that we expected to take place immediately. Um, but now it's like it's 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 so amazing to see. And we have a very young congregation. Oh, cool. 30 years and younger is the 80 percent of the people that are there. That's amazing. For sure. To hear. Yeah. What's the name of the church? Um, Joy Center. Okay. Yeah. Joy Center. Yeah. So we're the Phoenix location. There's a one in Alamogordo, Las Cruces, South Carolina. So if you go to joycenter.org and click on Phoenix, you'll find us. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. I love that story. And I love that it's a young congregation. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. It's really awesome to hear. It's amazing. And again, the responsibility is like... (laughs) <laughs> we ought to be, you know, really yeah. clear on hearing what we're what we're saying, hearing from God what we're saying, so we're not just leading people astray, which is never our heart. So yeah. it's a lot of responsibility, but it's also a lot of fun. Can I? So, oh, I was yeah. going to say, can I ask a question? Sure. So if you went through this process of opening, starting the ministry here, uh-huh. and it not taking off, mm-hmm. not getting the momentum, and the time that you thought it was going to get the momentum, yeah. Did you encounter the same thing when you opened your business? No. Okay. No, we started our business. Because it does for a lot of people. It does. And that's why I was fully expecting, like, this is going to work. Like, nobody, I've done this, right? You know, we've opened, quote unquote, a a business, which you kind of, you think it's similar, and it's just not. Mm. It just isn't. When I opened the staffing company, our first client was the Hoover Company, the vacuum cleaner Hoover Company. (laughs) Yeah, I remember literally them calling. I I knew someone in the HR department, but I'd been like, hey, give us an opportunity, give us an opportunity, and nothing, nothing, nothing. And then she called and she's like, can you b- provide us with 35 assembly workers? And I was looked at my partner. I was like, oh, yeah, we can. We didn't have an office. We had $75 and a cell phone. You know what I mean? So we had to figure it out, but we did. And it was a very successful company. So, and even when I started the, you know, doing more like career coaching, I was hosting these events, bringing job seekers and hiring managers together, selling out immediately. We, I did that event every month for about seven years. And we were always full. So when we came to start the ministry, I was like, let's just do this. And God was like, oh, you're going to do it in your own strength? I'm going to just sit here and watch you and see what you're going to do. <laughs> and it just was not what I what we expected. It was, it was um, from being honest, it was so discouraging, so discouraging. And then, mind you, we come from a fairly large ministry in Texas. So there was times I'm like, let's just go home. <laughs> I never said that out loud, but in my heart, I was yeah. like, we got all those people back there. And um, but we knew for certain this is what we were supposed to be doing. And so, yeah. And to be honest, 
I, I know this has been my personal experience. And then I know we've talked to a lot of business owners where they go through the same thing that you, what you guys went through with, with starting the church yeah. where it's like, they're asking themselves, should I quit? Oh, God, what am yeah. I doing? Yeah. You know? Yeah. But one thing that is common that you mentioned with you starting your business that I hear all the time. And I just want to point this out because it's okay. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't seem okay, which yeah. is you're building the plane as you fly it. Always. You have Always. to do that with business. Otherwise, yeah. If you don't start, you never will. You sure won't. So Absolutely. you just have to say, "Yeah, we'll figure it out." Like yeah. you just said, "Yeah, you we'll do figure it out." You do, and and 35. let me be, you know, really <laughs> yeah. honest. So when we started the company, it was like, phew, "Have we had tough times where I felt like that?" Absolutely, absolutely. Times I'm like, "Okay, maybe it's time to go check out Indeed and see what's open." You know, there's <laughs> definitely been days like that in the business, but yeah, I just didn't see it coming when we started the ministry. I just didn't see that coming. Yeah. 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 And I know you probably don't think this of yourself, but I continue to think, wow, she's so brave. But you know, right? Like Mm -hmm. a lot of people, they're held back by their worries and their fears and their anxieties and their limiting beliefs. Yeah. So is there any, I'm sure you're giving advice quite often. Always. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We see you everywhere. Everywhere (laughs) we go, we see you. There's Tish. There's Tish. And so, you know, a lot of people. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah. What it, what's some common advice that you give somebody who you see potential in them, but they just can't seem to make a move or move beyond their limiting beliefs. You know, interestingly, I had a conversation with a couple of clients this morning and, um, one of the things we were talking about, I think they probably came to the call thinking we're going to talk about sales tools and systems because we teach that. Mm-hmm. But I was like, you know, we need to look at your mindset and how you're thinking about yourself. I firmly believe that no one else is going to believe you if you don't believe you first. And so I will tell people, you know, I want you to get really clear on who you are, um, the value that bring that you bring to the world, whether it's to the, the business that you're doing or, or anything else. You know, know that value so clear. Um, I always tell my clients to say, see yourself as a solution provider, because if I see myself as a solution provider, I'm so much more likely to go and have a conversation with someone because I'm like, I want to help. You know, mm-hmm. how can I help instead of, hey, can I can I sell you something? So I, you know, I tell people that you need to get so clear on the value that you bring to the table, who you really are. And I, I encourage them. And I was telling one of the guys and I say, the, when I talk to female entrepreneurs, it's so much easier to tell them about having self-talk and all that. And I could see the guy like glazing over like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and, but but interestingly, he said, no, I'm actually on board. I'm, I'm good with it. And I said, you need to talk to yourself because you'll believe yourself more than you believe anyone else, which is a very dangerous thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because we're often telling ourselves, oh, I can't do this, or I'm not enough, or they're never going to buy from me, or whatever the case is. And we're believing ourselves because we hear ourselves more than we hear anyone else. Mm-hmm. And so I told them, you know, have real serious self-conversation, conversations yeah. with yourself that are reminding you of who you really are, reminding yeah. you of things that you probably, you may not be hearing outside, so you have to be able to say them to yourself. Yeah. When I, would, I went through a really tough time when I was younger, and I went to counseling. And one of the things that um, my counselor said to me is, um, you know, I'm listening to some of these things that you tell yourself. And I'm wondering if if you would say that to your friend. Would you tell a friend that if they were going through this right now? And I'm like, no, no. And so they were like, imagine then that you are your own friend sitting next to you on a bench. And you guys are talking about what you're going through. Be compassionate with yourself. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, if, if you're if you're telling yourself mm-hmm. and you're believing in yourself, 
hopefully they're encouraging things and uplifting things and yeah. things that are going to help you break through whatever it is that's holding you back. So yeah. yeah, that's really good advice. For sure. I mean, we literally like give them things to say first and then say, okay, now take that and begin to develop your own so that you have, we call them an I am board. So it's like you stand in front of that board and it's like, I am confident. Mm -hmm. I am powerful. I am enough. You know, all the things that you probably need to hear and probably wouldn't say to yourself because mm -hmm. we're our own worst critic most mm -hmm. of the time. Okay. So I know that you, remember the Stuart Smalley from from Saturday Night yeah, Live. Yeah, yeah, He's like, yeah. I'm good at you guys. I know. Just Google it. It's on YouTube. He's like, not quite I'm like good that, enough but I'm know. smart enough and gosh darn it, people like me. So good. That was a really it's good the same thing. It's the same thing. A little different, but definitely the same premise though. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Tish, I have to dive in to uh I want to ask about your husband and the advice that he has given you over the years that's impacted this journey. And yeah. I'm particularly interested in this subject because it, as someone who is not married yet, mm -hmm. it, it, it always fills someone like me with hope. And you say, oh, no, after eight hours of conversation, I knew. Yeah. And mm -hmm. that on the backside of a two-week dating to marriage— yeah. Is 28 years yeah. of this incredible And I still journey. like them. And I still like them a lot. A whole lot. Yeah. Huge bonus. Yeah. Huge bonus. Yeah. But let's talk about the advice and what he's been for you. What you've, what, you've been, <laughs> what you've been. What you've been for each other. Yeah. Though. So if you if you follow me on social, you'll always know that I refer to my husband as my Superman. Yes. And I say that very intentionally. And I'll tell you to go Google a song by Robin Thicke called Superman. And it's not one of his most popular songs. And it talks about the journey, I think that I think it was, that he and his wife went through. They ended up getting divorced. So don't don't pay attention to it, but just know those are the words. Ignore that part. He he talks about, he says, I'm I'm the Superman, thanks to Lois Lang. Pulled me from the ashes when I went insane. Um pulled me from, I guess, my the bottom when I lost my name. And so the thing that my husband has been for me, in addition to an amazing friend, he's definitely my best friend. There was a period in my business, I said 20, 2008, when the when the bubble burst and it was a terrible time financially for a lot of the, the world, um, my business collapsed, completely collapsed. I mean, it was horrible. Um, and I was so, I don't even know the word, afraid. Um, feeling like I needed to present this good side. I didn't want anybody to know how terrible things were going. I was in a mess. Mm -hmm. I, you know, our finances were terrible in the business at that time. And then we had a client who we had secured and we were like, yes, this is going to be it. And they um, paid us with a bad check after we had already paid out all of this payroll to these employees. It was, it was a hot mess. And I was, there was one of the few times that I didn't go to my husband and say, hey, this is what's going on. Walk me through it. In my mind, I felt like I had to still be this perfect person even for him. Mm. And through that, we lost everything, everything. And um, he was more hurt that I didn't trust him to have that conversation with him. And um, there was that was probably the toughest time. So when we're talking about marriage, we always say, yeah, we've been married for 28 years. We've had about 25 really good years <laughs> because there was a period of time where um, I was still maturing a lot. He was as well, but that communication hadn't gotten great yet. And he was the one that kind of he was like, you know what? He, he if you hear him tell the story, he'll say, 
I made a covenant with God that I'm going to forgive her and I'm going to be there for her no matter what she does, period. And he has upheld that covenant for mm -hmm. all this time. And so he is my, he, we call him in the company, even though he doesn't work for the company, my chief idea officer, he's the CIO. <laughs> and so um, if I am stuck on something, because he used to be in sales as well, I'll go to him and say, hey, what do you think about this? And he inevitably, because he also hears from God, he's a mm -hmm. pastor, right? So he inevitably has a great idea or at least a different point of view that I hadn't considered. I think the best advice he ever gave me, because my heart is to help, it really is. I would have these, because I also come from that domestic violence background. I would see these women coming in who are struggling and needed a hand up. I would just hire them. And, you know, I'll teach you how to do the accounting or I'll teach you how to answer the phones. And my husband says to me, I'm glad that you're doing this. But he goes, you keep helping. You keep hiring people who you can help. You need to find someone who can help you mm -hmm. because I was struggling. I was, You know what I mean? I didn't have a good business acumen at that time. And I was just flailing in that period of my business. So he has been the one that has been a little rock, you know, that phrase, ride or die. He's the ride or live. He's like, I'm going to be there. I'm going to help you get through this. And he always has my back, um, even during the most difficult times. When I say that time was difficult, we were pretty much homeless. If it wasn't been from my, my brother living in the city and him bringing us in, we were sleeping on a bunk bed at my brother's house during that time. It was terrible. And my husband, even though he was hurt, you know, think about him, you know, having really little to do with what happened, having to kind of keep his head up and stand in front of our three kids and be the, you know, voice of reason or kind of make sure that everything kind of get kept together. Mm -hmm. Um, he was able to kind of say, okay, this isn't about me. I'm going to support her through this, even though I feel like she should have talked to me. I'm mm -hmm. sure he felt some kind of way about it. But he's been he's been a lot for me. Yeah, I get that. Actually, I think Amber's the one who named nicknamed my husband the chairman. Oh, really? Because he does the same thing for us. He's not mm -hmm. he does not want to be employed in the business right? or <laughs> a part of the business, even own the business. He doesn't yeah. want anything to do with it. But he does have that insight. You know, he kind of sees what we're doing. He listens. He hears our conversations and things like that. And and um, he'll just, hey, babe, you know, I was thinking. Yep. And Same like, thing. And I'll, yep. and I'll go tell Amber. I'm like, I can't believe you just. And she's like, what? Yeah. Let's implement that right away. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know? We always say yeah. the, the chairman strikes again. I know. I love that. <laughs> Same. I mean, there are definitely times. And, we, you know, we've, we've had some really high highs. And then we've had some low lows as well. Mm. But even in the, the past, you know, 10, 12 years where it's been good, there's times when he probably could have easily said, hey, we've had a good run. Why don't we try something different? But he's always literally been like, OK, try this. Don't give up. You know, I believe God has given you this. Don't let it go. And he's been the cheerleader, the the, the rock, the encourager, all of those things. Yeah. So you believe God has given you this. No doubt about it. Yes. For sure. Business. For sure. And so I'm sure you see all sorts of ways that you get to serve others, which we know that's so fulfilling yeah. and brings joy. Mm -hmm. So what's your biggest joy in, in your business? In my business, really helping my clients to get past their own limiting beliefs, to be able to see that they can, number one, they can have powerful sales conversations, but then they can do it over and over and over again. Um, I love my, my goal is one of my I am statements is that we help our clients increase their revenue by at least 100 percent. And so when we see clients who are seeing their goals met and they're able to now, okay, they can take it and do it on their own. That's my biggest, I think, the biggest joy is seeing my clients win, first and foremost. Um, I think the other thing is 
because I'm also a member of a few organizations. I get a chance to serve. Yeah, just a few. <laughs> I get a chance to serve in that capacity and be a part of some great organizations that give back in our community, give back nationally. And I, I don't know that I would be doing those types of things if it wasn't for me being in this role in our business. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's opened up other opportunities. I'd, I'd ask has. you which is your favorite organization, but that you probably shouldn't that say. Be fair. Don't but say. We, but we do know now <laughs> that if we are attending a luncheon, we gotta look I'm, for you. I'm going to. Get <laughs> I literally was like, "Hey I guys, I'm here." <laughs> yeah, I texted you. We're like, "Tiff is here." We know it. I can feel <laughs> so it. Said I saw you walk in, and I was like, "Dude," and then you didn't look, so I didn't want to be like, "Hey, Kristen." So <laughs> <laughs> the other way is just to text that was you. that was a really good event. It was great. What was the name of that event? <laughs> oh. This is us in our late day brain. Really it was the Storytellers business, in, 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 business in Business is the name of the magazine. Yeah, the, which is the a cool magazine. Exactly. The Storytellers. I, to be honest with you, I was invited. I won't say at the last minute. It was one of those things where it was like, hey, did you know about this? So I've written some articles for that that magazine. Mm -hmm. So when I heard it, I was like, yeah, I definitely want to be there. I don't even know anything about them except that they've accepted my writing. And I'm like, <laughs> I want to be there. So when I got there, I was blown away by the size of it. I was expecting a networking event. It was a huge, like, hall full yeah. of people. I don't know, several hundred people at least. Yeah. Um, and the stories that were being told Incredible. from these amazing women, it, it was just it was phenomenal. It was like women of achievement. Women of achievement. Women, That's oh. what it was. Yeah. yeah. Okay, check it out. Another thing to Google. Our listeners have, like, a list of things to Google. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was amazing. It the was. stories, the women stood up and told their stories. Like some of those events, as we know, are okay. Yeah, exactly. And they kind of feel, yeah. they feel like a networking event, which you don't want it to feel like a networking event. And I just thought I was just captivated was by these too. women. Yeah. They were so inspiring. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, by the way, I'm introvert, even though people don't think I am because I am I'm too. out and about. So I get that kind of anti feeling like, Okay, I think I'm ready to leave now. I'm done peopling. I noticed you sat way back. You know, well, that was our table. That was that was that was not me. That was the the organization I was there with. But um, I do. I get that kind of like, okay, enough people for today. I'm going home, and I was captivated till the very end of that event. I didn't feel like, you know what? I think I'm gonna go and you know figure out. Yeah. I got lots of other things I can be doing. But really, what starts to happening is that kind of like enough. Yeah. <laughs> but I was I was really intrigued by the stories for right. sure. Incredible. Yeah. So, Tish, as you look forward, mm -hmm. what is God calling you to do going forward? That is such a... Okay. <laughs> oh. This is inspired after hours, and I'm going to tell it all, I guess. <laughs> yeah. You know, there, there are so many things that... I am working on, I've been working on the, I'll continue to work on the business. You know, I'm a visionary. It is my heart. But God has been really dealing with me on the internal building. Mm. And so there are some things that I am like very intentionally working on because I, I definitely believe, it may seem, seem sound a little cliche, but I definitely believe that what I create, it can only be as good as I am. You know, it can only grow as much as I am growing. And so God is calling me to do some internal work. And um, I've been doing a lot more study. I've been working on, I'm, I'm getting back into some physical work as well as far as taking care of myself and um, I feel like as I'm growing, I'll have more to pour out. So I feel like there's coming a time when I'm going to be able to do more. I would love to have an, a, a large event next year. Don't know when yet. I'm not I'm not putting a name on it just this moment. But I feel like if I get to the place where I am. I'm filled, I can pour out more wisdom, more knowledge, um, help more people. So 
I've been outward focused for a while. I'm a little more inward focused right now. And I think that's a good thing. There's nothing wrong with that. I love that. I feel like we're there, but maybe we're, we're not we weren't as intentional as you, it sounds like you've been about kind of implementing that yeah. into your life. Yeah. We were kind of like pushed over the edge to, but, you yeah. know, yeah. Like, yeah. Oof, we need to, we, we need were to like, clean some things up. Yeah. We were like crispy and toasty walking towards burnout. <laughs> we're, we're like we're crispy and toasty, like walking towards the burnout ledge. Yeah. And, yeah. and we both said, and we were watching other parts of our life, like our physical health, yeah. continue to take a back seat. Mm-hmm. And we just, definitely by some divine intervention as well yeah have made some changes of well opportunities came in front of us right it's all about choices yes these the the divine opportunities don't make us do that thing yeah. it does create an opportunity or a, a door mm-hmm. for us to walk through mm-hmm. and we like she says it both both on the professional side from a mentor uh, on the physical side and some changes we've made in our commitments to that yeah um, nutrition, yes, everything, yeah, everything, and 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 also just that nurturing our internal wellness. Yeah, what really keeps us in that good space? I said right before you came in that also probably divine intervention hmm. that um, the people who come and keep sitting in that chair mm-hmm. are saying the things that are so on point wow. to what we need to be hearing at the time. And there's also this very starting to be this very central theme mm. of these last couple conversations where it, it's just, it's too much to ignore. Yeah. It, it's too much to say, you go, no, go, that's kind of weird. It, that kind of stuff her and I pay attention to and we say, right. oh, we're receiving something. Mm-hmm. And now it's up to us to take and apply that yeah. or make the commitment to apply it. But yeah, yeah, we're definitely on that journey. Yeah, And I think what we've always known um, what well, I, I guess it's what I recognized before she came along is how lonely it is to be a business owner. Yes. And um, thank God you have your husband. Thank mm-hmm. God I had my husband. Mm-hmm. You know, when I first started my business, um, I wasn't profitable at yeah. first, but I was successful in mm-hmm. what I was doing and how I was doing it. Um, but at the same time, I was being taken advantage of quite yeah. a bit. And they, they I let them, you know, yeah. it wasn't like they were bad people who came along it was just they saw that i had a skill and a talent and they could utilize it to grow their vision yes and so it's kind of like that your mentor who said to you why do why are you mm-hmm. making all of this money, money for, for other else. people mm-hmm. exactly mm-hmm. why not do it for yourself so anyways um yeah just yeah. being more intentional about about your journey right i valuable. i think you all remember this this time last year i was still in recovery i had surgery yes, last summer right. because i was just going 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 i wasn't i wasn't paying attention to the signals my body was very loudly giving me and i let stress um and i i know for me it was mostly stress a little bit of diet i'm sure too but mostly stress and i ended up having to have a major surgery and that was a, a huge like moment for me to just kind of stop i think that's when it kind of started for me it's like okay i need to back up i changed my entire business model i've made some major changes that i'm like this is great and it may be serving others really well it's not serving me well mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, if I'm not here, this particular business ceases to exist. Now, can someone else do something similar, obviously? But um, that was kind of the beginning. And then I also began to realize that I was making decisions hastily. I was making decisions, you know, both out of fear. You know, those things were, in my opinion, causing me not to be able to serve at my highest level, not to be able to 
even sometimes like I might overpromise something. There was just so many things that weren't in alignment with what I know God was calling me to that made me say, okay, stop it all. Mm-hmm. We're just, we're not doing this anymore. If we can't do this differently, we can't do it at all. And I made some changes and it's been phenomenal for me, for my own stre- stress levels. I have now implemented what's called a flex week. So the end, the last week of every month, mm-hmm. it's like, I don't have anything on my calendar. I've completely blocked it off. That way, if I want to go do business on the beach, which I'm praying to be able to do really soon, is, you know, I have that week to do it. Or it's just a visionary week where I'm like, okay, what went well this month? What do we need to prepare for the next month? Um, If I want to spend some time with the team doing some work, I can do that. But it's literally a flex week where I don't put intentionally any business things on the calendar. And for me, that has been amazing. I didn't even think I could do it, to be honest Mm -hmm. with you. And I'm like, wow. If I set up boundaries, it's amazing how people actually, you know, they they, they honor them if I put them in place mm-hmm. before I wasn't. I had a day out of the week before I was doing Mondays. It's like my visionary day and everything. And at the end of almost every month, it was like, okay, well, I have a little time on Monday. And before you know it, my Mondays were full. Mm-hmm. Now I'm making it very clear to my team, even to my client base. It's like I really work intentionally, very intentionally and very hard for the first three, first three weeks of the month. And then I take that time to make myself better, make sure our team is doing better, make sure our vision is clear, make sure we're putting things in place that are going to work and getting things out of place that are no longer working for us. And you heal. Yeah, you for sure. You heal. Yeah. Like it, it, the same thing happens when we go on vacations and we finally get that break from the phones and the, staying connected to all the messages and yes. plugged into the matrix, right? Yeah. You you I think there's significant healing that happens in those times. Yeah. And then when I think you heal, then I think you're more connected back to the source and you go out of reactive into much more deeply intuitive. Right. I think where we see so many leaders is they just they stay in the go go go. Yeah. And then it starts to feel like the business is running them versus them running the business. For sure. Which feels you 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 ask yourself as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, you go, why did I do, why did I decide this was a good I I feel like I built a bridge to yeah. nowhere. Yeah. It's not where I wanted to go. Yeah. I had a coach who said to me, and I was like, when she asked, I was almost like taken aback, but she said, Are you still having fun? Mm-hmm. And it was literally like a huge blast of water in my face, like, no. I am not. I wasn't. I was going, going, going and doing all the things. And at the end of the day, I was no longer enjoying what I did at all. Mm -hmm. And so that was it. And I have a dear friend and I have to say her name because she has literally trademarked this phrase. I can't even say it without giving her credit for it. (laughs) But um, Dr. Shamika Dean um, out of Nashville, Tennessee, she's coined the phrase rest is the new revenue. And I was like, yeah, I get that because you're more effective, more productive. You have a clearer vision. You're able to actually get things done when you take that time, you know, and really just kind of refuel, like you said, and heal. I wouldn't have believed that if you would have told me that even maybe two years ago. Now I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can feel that. I have a friend of mine who has a structural engineering firm and they went to um, Fridays off and I said, oh, you're doing four tens. And he goes, no, we're no. doing four eights. Wow. And we're taking Fridays off. And if we see a dip in revenue, you know, we've we've communicated to the team that it is we're going to evaluate it. Yeah. And a couple of weeks in, I asked him how it's going. Mm-hmm. And he said, 
you don't realize when you have a two-day weekend how tired you still are when you yes. go into Monday. Oh, for sure. Because you just run it red line to Friday night until you physically collapse. Yeah. And then Saturday, it's all day to recover. Sunday, you start to spend a little time on the things, the other things in your life that you need to spend time on. And then it's like, Monday morning, let's go. Yeah. And he said it's been the biggest game changer. But our mentor and strategic advisor has just recently taught us. So you have the macro example of that. Mm -hmm. The micro example he taught us is flex pockets throughout the day. Yeah. So scheduling 15, 20 minutes and you can choose. Mm -hmm. Her and I could choose to have a partnership discussion. Yeah. We could choose to choose your own adventure. Yes. Yeah. I love it. We could yeah. choose to make the dentist appointment that you've been trying to make for yeah. three weeks. Whatever we the went thing to is. Target one day. Yeah, yeah. we did. I love Fun. Target. Yeah. I love Target. Oh, we'll yes. always flex at Target. <laughs> yeah. We'll always flex at Target. I love it. That's yeah. <laughs> Target's gonna buy that from you. I know. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. For sure. But it's amazing just those little tiny micro breaks what they mm -hmm. can do. So it's like on the macro side and the micro side. Yeah. Of, yeah. It's really valuable. And I, I still do some of those as well. Um, I love hiking. And now here in Arizona, it's hiking season again because mm -hmm. it's not, you know, 200 degrees outside. So if I want to take a break and go take a little walk, I'll do that. Um, and it, it, I come back clearer. I come back. I'm like, you know, sometimes I'm like with my phone. I'm like, I got this great idea. Let me just record this. And when I get back to the office, I'll put that into place. But I definitely am more inclined to do that, whereas before I was chained to my desk all the yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no inspiring ideas that are coming when you're chained to your desk. Yeah. Definitely not. That. I mean, that's, that's such a valuable lesson to learn as a business owner. If you do go on vacation and you can unplug, you are going to come back so much more recharged and refueled. Yeah. And you're going to have lots of new ideas that yes. you would not have had before. Yeah. We went on a cruise, our first cruise. Um, probably been about five years ago now. In all honesty, I was asked to be a speaker on a cruise. There was a conference taking place on a cruise, but they only needed me for the time I was going to be speaking. And so I had to speak, I think, a total of maybe five hours because I spent some time speaking. Then I did some like one-to-ones. And then the rest of the cruise, I was free to do what I wanted to do. Nice. My biggest concern was being unplugged. My biggest concern was, oh, I can't be on my computer. I can't use my phone. That was the most liberating time of my life. And it taught me I don't have to be plugged in all the time. And now I can put my phone down. I can put it away. I can leave it at home. When I go on vacation, I don't even take my computer. But for years, I felt like I had to be accessible. And now I know people, interestingly, the world will go on <laughs> without yeah. this time. So that was really great for me. And now we're planning another one for February. So my husband, as you all probably recall, my husband had a pretty bad car accident. Um, now it's been two months. It doesn't feel like it's been that long because we've been in the thick of it for all this time. He was, his wrist was completely shattered. So they had to like rebuild his wrist. He has oh, wow. metal on both sides of his wrist. And we just left the doctor, matter of fact, so they're trying to give him flexion back into his wrist. But um, it happened right before our wedding anniversary, which happens, his, our, it's our wedding anniversary, then his birthday, then my son's birthday and my birthday. They're all in the same 30 days. And we had all these plans. We were going to do all this great thing. We didn't get to do any of that, of course. So February, we're planning to go and get on that cruise and go, nice. and go do some. Yeah. Where are you going? So I'm looking at somewhere in the Caribbean because I've never been that way. We always do Mexico, mm -hmm. and that's great, but I've never been Caribbean. So we're looking at some of those opportunities right now. Awesome. Yeah. Well, just a minute ago, you said the world will go on without Tish times, but we hope not. 
I know. I no, hope not to. to. But... <laughs> we don't want it to. But thank you so much for coming on to our podcast. Thank we you appreciate so much you. for having me. This was such a nice, relaxing, not feeling so super, super businessy. I love yes. that conversation. <laughs> thank you That's for that. Exactly what we want this to be. Thank yeah. you. Tish, how do people it. find you? Tishtimes.com and Tishtimes on all my social media. Amazing. The famous Tish Times. Why, thank you. That's a wrap for today's journey on Inspired After Hours. We hope our conversations have offered you unique insights and ignited your own aspirations. Remember, every story we share is a beacon of wisdom meant to inspire your own path. Stay with us as we continue to delve into the lives of successful leaders. Subscribe to stay tuned and join us next time on Inspired After Hours. Until then, stay inspired.